0: Um, you know, I, I think the other thing to watch will be once the, the People's Congress happens in the spring, um, does the government then become more sort of outwardly uh, pro-business again, in terms of kind of, you know, pushing on the gas pedal and, and really building in more incentives for, for companies, especially in sort of uh, new technology sectors. So further increasing support for EV, further increasing support for biotech, maybe less hands-on regulation of the fintech sector. I think those are things we can probably look out for, but those will be coming a bit later in the year.
1: And do you think Chinese stocks overall are a good value for, for investors now after um, after what we've seen recently? And is there any particular sectors that you would recommend people focus on?
0: I think they are a good value right now. I think that you know if you look at China's contribution to overall GDP growth last year – Relative to its weighting in the MSCI, I think China is, is massively underweighted right now. Um, I think in terms of good buys, um, you should see a, some degree of rebound in tech this year. But I also think we're going to see uh, strong growth, again, coming from things like new energy. Uh, also, some of the sort of the, the big Chinese domestic brands in, in key categories are really sort of starting to take on a leadership position. So I think you'll see some of the alcohol brands continue to do well. You'll see some of the domestic sportswear brands Uh, do quite well this year also.
1: Ben, thanks very much indeed. That's Ben Cavender, Managing Director at the China Market Research Group up in Shanghai. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the markets this morning in Australia, the SX200 is pretty well flat now. Uh, Japanese markets are closed for a public holiday. In South Korea, the Cosby is off about 1.1%. Looks like a very small rebound for the Hang Seng at the open this morning of about 20 or 30 points. Do please join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock for Money Talk. Stay tuned for Back Chat with Janice Wong and Mike Rouse this morning, coming up after the news. The weather forecast for today. Mainly cloudy, cool in the morning, sunny intervals and some haze in the afternoon. The maximum temperature is going to be around 21 degrees, and then sunny intervals and cool mornings in the next few days. 17 degrees right now, and the relative humidity is 79%. It's 8:32. Here's
2: Andrew Shawoski with the half-hour news. Health officials say they found no new COVID cases during three overnight lockdowns at residential buildings in Tun Moon, Tai Kok Tsui, and Tai Po. Uh, all three had been sealed off following three preliminary positive cases. Robert Kemp has more. The operations
3: took place at Aegean Coast
2: on Castle Peak Road, Harbour Green
3: on Sham Mong Road, and Mason Building on Hoi Chick Street. In all, about 1,500 residents were tested. Tai Po block had been evacuated because of concerns the virus might have spread through the building. After inspecting Mason building yesterday,
2: microbiologist Yoon Kwok-yung said he thought the virus might have spread upwards via a wastewater pipe. Eleven officials who attended Whitman-Hung's party last Monday and had their quarantine orders lifted have been instructed by the chief executive Carrie Lam to isolate at home using their vacation leave. Aaron Tam reports.
0: In a
3: statement, authorities said that the Center for Health Protection lifted quarantine orders for party-goers, including the 11 officials who left last Monday's banquet before 9.30 p.m. after a 53-year-old woman who attended the party and subsequently tested preliminary positive turned out not to have COVID-19. But to minimize the risk of possible transmission, Chief Executive Carrie Lam has instructed the 11 officials to continue to undergo home isolation.
0: They'll also have to be tested for the coronavirus multiple times. The officials will only return to work once their results are confirmed to be negative.
2: The operator of a mobile vaccination station, Edward Poon, says there was a threefold increase in the number of people getting jabs over the weekend since the first unit started in December. A second station has gone into operation as a retrofitted container that will be transported to different areas by truck. The mayor of New York City says at least 19 people, including nine children, have died in a fire in an apartment building. Firefighters who arrived within three minutes of the blaze starting found smoke engulfing all 19 stories. The blaze in the Bronx area has now been extinguished. The mayor, Eric Adams, says many people have been injured.
4: We have over 32 people who are life-threatening at this time, with over 63 people in total. This is a painful moment for us, men and women that live here, not only in the Bronx, but throughout this city. Uh, This is going to be one of the worst fires that we have witnessed during modern times here in the city of New York.
2: Officials said the fire was caused by a portable electric heater. And that's the news from RTHK. Good
5: morning and welcome to Back Chat with Mike Rouse and me, Janice Wong. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Janice. Today we're talking about the growing Omicron threat. Experts are increasingly worried about the spread of Omicron, with more unlinked cases reported. The birthday party cluster involving top officials and lawmakers continuing to expand and now even fears that the virus may have been spread across different floors of a typo building RTHK itself has had a scare, with a preliminary positive turning out to be a contaminated sample, though this was only confirmed after Broadcasting House was evacuated for disinfection. Experts are also continuing to suggest authorities close down schools early to get Hong Kong through what many are describing as a critical point in the fight against COVID. So what do you think? Is the fifth wave already here? Is there anything we can do to stop it? Are the government's measures effective? Let us know your thoughts, your questions and your comments on our Facebook page, backchat at rthkradio3. You can email us backchat at rthk.hk or you can call us, of course, and our number is 233-88266. That's 233-88266. Now, to kick off our discussion, we have on the line Dr. Siddharth Strida, a clinical virologist from the University of Hong Kong, and Dr. David Lam, medical and health services sector lawmaker. Good morning to the both of you. And Good uh, thanks for joining us on the program. Um, let's start with you, Dr. Strida. Um, two COVID 19 cases with unknown sources recorded over the weekend. How worried should we be?
6: Yeah, it's uh, definitely deteriorated. In- in terms of the situation. I think last time I was on your show, I was uh, exactly worried about this, that once you start seeing cases without an, a source, it's uh, indicated that there are transmission chains in the community. And I think that's what is happening now. And I think we will see more of these cases uh, cropping up over the next few days. So that's something that we have to be prepared for.
5: So, so is now the time to um, further tighten social distancing measures?
6: I... It, it, it kind of works like this that the later we do it um, the more prolonged the local outbreak is going to be because any measures that you put into place at the current moment we'll only start seeing an effect of those measures uh, about uh, one or two incubation periods later which is a week or more later so the, the later you put them off, the more likely it is that we're going to have a protracted, prolonged outbreak in Hong Kong, which I think doesn't align with the uh, government's intentions of opening the border with the mainland. So uh, I think what we're going to be seeing is a further tightening of the screws before very long, including school closures, which is definitely on the cards, and it's been one of the um, uh, measures of the anti-outbreak uh, uh, know outbreak playbook that the government has been using all along so I think we're going to be seeing more measures uh, before very
3: long. Dr. Sridhar, good, uh, good morning. It's Monday again, it's COVID again and it's you and me again. Um, <laughs> uh, at what point, I, I just noticed all the overnight uh, closures where the buildings were, t- everyone was tested. Once again it's a complete negative. Uh, at what point are we? should we just uh, test the whole community?
6: Right. that's uh, a major undertaking. It's something that the mainland actually regularly does in terms of very, very extensive testing, far beyond the uh, building itself. But uh, I mean, I would, I would still question the value of that at this stage. In that you're going to be doing a lot of PCR testing, which is which is fairly expensive, uh, per, quite expensive per sample. And uh, I would think at this stage of uh, uh, community transmission that we're at, you're not going to be picking up a lot of new cases. So, it's I mean, the cost-effectiveness of that exercise at this stage is uh, probably questionable.
3: Right. So we're not there yet, you think?
6: I don't think we're there yet. We've never been there with Hong Kong, even with much more transmission than we're seeing at the moment. So if, I, th- I think the best thing we can do is really focus on specific high-risk groups that we've been identifying all along in Hong Kong. For example, taxi drivers and uh, restaurant staff are uh, particularly high-risk, and we should offer um, additional testing to this population because they kind of tend to be the bell of uh, how bad things are in the community in terms of silent transmission. And uh, I think we do owe it to them as well to offer more uh, testing to them.
5: All right, uh, let's uh, now bring in Dr. Lam. Um, The government said it will review the current anti-COVID measures later this week. uh, But looking at the current developments, do you think social distancing measures should be tightened now? I mean, earlier, Dr. Strida, he said uh, the closing of schools is on the card.
7: Well, it is not only social distancing measures, but also the vaccine passport, the vaccine bubble that we have been talking about. Uh, the whole idea is that people who are vaccinated even if they get infected they get a much milder disease with much lower chance of going into icu and dying from it therefore i think vaccination bubble is one of the most important thing we have to push for now we still have a relatively low vaccination rate in hong kong particularly among the elderly if you look at the figures Um, those above 80 got about only 20% vaccinated, which is very, very low. And this is the particular group who will be most vulnerable to um, having severe disease or even mortality in case they get infected. Therefore, this is one thing we have to push for rather than just um, more and more social distancing measures. Another group that we have not been doing a lot are the children. Now, the vaccination is down to 12-year-old despite the fact that late, November, which is about 50 days earlier, the government has already approved to extend the eligibility of using CoronaVac to children down to three-year-old. It has not yet been implemented. So we are actually pushing, and I have already prepared a letter, which will be sent to the secretary for food and Health today. Uh, to ask for an immediate implementation of
3: vaccination to young children. So these are some measures we can... Right. Dr. Lam, I'm entirely with you on this low vaccination Uh, rate. We're we're lower than the mainland, we're lower than Taiwan, we're lower than Macau. We're the lowest part of China in terms of vaccination rate. Um, And yet, recently, we did actually see people queuing because of the message that... You can only go to a restaurant if you're if you had at least one jab, and yeah. so, so we know what pushes people to get vaccinated. W- why aren't we taking a much tougher line with
7: this? Well, you can see that people are not really against vaccination. Most of the people, most of us are, are just waiting to so wait and see. Um, and we also see on the internet a lot of anti vaxxers still pushing how bad vaccine can be. I think that should. Cont- uh, condemned and contained. Uh, otherwise, I think we would have a better uptick of vaccines.
3: Right, but we, when we, we announced the stiff measures were coming in, people yeah. started queuing, especially elderly people, and then we immediately yeah. said, oh, well, we'll relax them. We only started no. after the 24th of February.
7: Ah, uh, yes, that's a little late. That is a little late. And we must understand that we do not get protected Day one after vaccination, right? It takes at least for yes, seven to fourteen days after the second dose yes. before you have the highest highest level of antibodies. So that takes time. Yeah. Um, so to tighten the vaccine bubble now, uh, we only have a portion of us who have been vaccinated long enough right. for the antibody to rise in T cells to be activated. Yeah. But then we still have to do it, and the fr- government is trying exactly. to open two at least two more. Uh, vaccination incentive and I
5: understand there might be more than that. Dr. Strida, I mean, uh, Dr. Lam here, he's uh, saying uh, he's uh, pointing out the importance of vaccine passports, vaccine bubbles. But right now, with uh, COVID 19 cases and some Omicron cases in the community, I mean, do we what's the point of this vaccine bubble and vaccine passport? Is there any point to it?
6: I think you raise a fair point um, for the simple fact that with Omicron, it's really the third dose, dose—that that's the charm, right? So uh, because the third dose, uh, we know by now, significantly improves people's protection against catching COVID-19 and even protecting them against severe COVID-19. Two doses are still uh, fairly good for protecting you against more severe forms of COVID-19, although it might not protect you at all from catching COVID-19. One dose probably doesn't do much. So um, the problem is we're now running out of time. We are seeing an Omicron outbreak in the community. It's important to push vaccination for sure, but it's not going to save us in the short term because you need time to deploy those three doses to uh, a, a fairly vaccine-hesitant uh, elderly population in Hong Kong. So what do we do? We, we need a plan B, right? And we need a plan B that plays to Hong Kong's strengths, which is Um, being very rich, (laughs) and uh, secondly, having a fairly prodigious capacity to hunt down cases in the community. And why I say that is we need to look at our hospitals and how to shore up our capacity for a tsunami of cases, many of which might potentially be very severe. And we have to do that by investing in uh, some very new antivirals that have come um, out into the market and also older antivirals that have been shown to protect against severe COVID-19 if you give them early in disease. So we've got to focus on detecting cases as soon as possible, giving them the appropriate antivirals to make sure that they don't progress to severe COVID-19, not only for their own health sake, but also to make sure that we don't overwhelm our ICU capacity. So I think we are at a point where we have to say, okay, our vaccination campaign hasn't gone as we planned. We still have to push vaccination to the elderly for sure, but we need a plan B to get make sure that they're
3: safe uh, over this... Mm-hmm. Some, some, countries, some countries in Europe have told uh, elderly people, you've got to stay home. If you're not vaccinated, you have to stay home.
6: Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, that is uh, something that we might also have to see. But uh, 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 what I will say is this... Um, in my opinion, very selective uh, measures aimed at a particular segment of the population, for example, the elderly, are not going to work in Hong Kong because the uh, the population is so dense. You have a lot of interaction between different segments of the community. You have, even your home may, might not be the safest place. We repeatedly see that latest in the building at Po, right? You still get transmission uh, in the building itself. So for these factors, it's very difficult to cut off a particular segment of the population. Um, and even even in the even in the West, the story is usually that outbreaks begin in the younger, more mobile segments of the population, and eventually filter out into the elderly population where it causes the most damage. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we're going to see the same in Hong Kong. So we need a plan B to protect our unvaccinated, under-vaccinated elderly.
5: And Dr. Stridar, earlier you said uh, the closing of schools uh, is on the card. Do you know when that might happen? I mean, looking at the current development and um, also many parents I've spoken to, they don't want class suspension because of the impact it would have on their children's physical and mental health. Is there a a middle ground? Can we shorten the time kids spend at school? Is that enough to minimize the uh, spread of COVID?
6: I entirely agree. I mean school closures should be the uh, last thing we're doing but uh, unfortunately it is one measure that um, reduces a lot of uh, social movements per se and it also reduces people gathering in crowded indoor facilities. It's something that's been used historically for control of flu and uh, well COVID-19 outbreaks in Hong Kong. And it's one of the go-to measures that will come into play because the government is so keen on zero COVID and getting things back down to, uh, as, uh, under control as soon as possible. Um, that That is, uh, uh, as much as I don't like it, is one of the things that uh, is on the cards. Yeah, for right. sure. But I don't know when that will be. But as I said, the more you delay it, the... Less efficacious it's going to be because you're going to have a lot more cases by then and it's going to take longer to bring it down to zero. So if anything, these kind of measures will be brought into effect earlier and later.
5: I've got two emails here. Um, This one is from Simon. He says closing schools would be a massive mistake. Can the experts tell us just how many kids in schools have been involved in transmission? Children's futures are already at risk as they have been on half days for more than two years. How long do we keep using this playbook? For five years? Ten years? It's a disgrace that the government has no long-term plan. And uh, I've got another email here. It says, I would accept my child having to miss school again if it was for one month while a vaccine mandate came in and all adults in the city had to be vaccinated. We have to stop harming children. We know that not allowing them to go to school or to play outdoors is harming them. They have done their part for the past two years. It's time for the adults and elderly to step up and do their part. I think it's the turn of the unvaccinated to stay home rather than children Um, dr stradar
6: entirely agree those are great points i entirely agree and in fact in many parts of the west i would say there is no longer any justification for uh keeping people uh keeping children away from school unless uh, things are very very severe in the community um as they are in some parts of the world with omicron now but uh Unfortunately, it is the uh, current state of limbo that we're in of having a very, very under-vaccinated elderly population, as well as having a zero-COVID policy that makes uh, harsh social distancing a reality if things get worse in the community. So uh, this is not a long-term solution. It is not sustainable. I think uh, most uh, uh, local experts are on the same page now that this can't be kept up forever we we need a better plan Uh, we need uh, if the vaccination campaign is not working for the moment as i said we need a plan b to protect our elderly and the healthcare system
5: Uh, and that um, would
6: rely perhaps on some of the newer antivirals that's coming out
5: and in the earlier email um simon he he wanted uh, to ask uh, experts to tell us how many kids in schools have been involved in transmission um according to uh, what i've been reading it's uh, around two is it like one in a kindergarten and one in a primary school, Dr. Spritter?
6: Um, Actually, I'm not sure about the entire figure. Uh, there have been multiple instances of well, children testing positive, absolutely. And that has, in some cases, led to school closures. But offhand, I don't recall how many were actually involved in transmission. Yeah. The amount, the extent to which it's happened in the past is not an indicator to what might happen in the future, especially as variants get more and more transmissible. So Omicron is certainly the most transmissible one we have in uh, Hong Kong, uh, we've had in Hong Kong to date. And uh, I mean, as as might be expected, especially for primary school, you're talking about basically an un- unvaccinated uh, indoor setting. And uh, that that's that's something to uh, it's it's not an insubstantial risk, I mean that's the reality of it it's an it's indoor setting variable ventilation, unvaccinated uh, children gathering closely together, you, you could have transmission there, so right. that, that unfortunately is the reason why they're the first targets to get
3: I'd like uh, to put this to, to Dr. Lam as well Dr. Lam, yeah. we've made our young children carry the load for, for two years now and yes. all because of a reluctance to get tough with, with the elderly. This is not uh, fair intergenerationally, is it?
7: Uh, you can't really say that. I understand that we do not have a good vaccination rate uh, and we pick up rather slowly. But at least to start with, before we have the vaccine, closing skew of one of the measures that keep our children safer. So we can't blame... Put all the blames on the people not going to vaccine. But today, of course, the situation is a bit different. If everyone who is eligible for vaccination get themselves vaccinated, I believe we do have a safer environment for schools to continue. Now, back to the numbers. At least there is one uh, three-year-old kindergarten kid who is infected, and his close contacts, meaning his classmates, has to be isolated. Now, just imagine the hustle. You are facing if you are a parent that your child, a three, four-year-old toddler, has to be isolated. And when there are tens or even later on more of them, that is going to cause a big problem. So instead of having to isolate these children, why not we just consider closing kindergarten at least early on before the outbreak sets in? I'm not saying we are closing secondary school, uh, especially when children, p- I mean school children, are vaccinated. Uh, above 12 year old, so I think we have to we have to consider all the options and get ourselves prepared for a school closure. Now there are also other schools suspending classes because of children or their contacts uh, have been quarantined. So it is not something we it is not something that has not happened. It is happening.
3: All right. So small right. children. If small children have to be isolated, presumably a parent would have to go with them.
7: I believe so. <laughs> I believe so.
3: So we're taking so more people out of the Yes.
7: So instead of going there, why not we just close or suspend classes of kindergarten earlier on?
3: Or make, or make vaccination mandatory?
7: Um, you can do it down to three-year-old, I mean, vaccination... Uh, mandatory, yes. If you, I mean mandatory, meaning if you do not get vaccinated, you can't go to many places, right? Or you can't even get on to public transportation. That's the right. entire, yes.
5: And and, uh, apart from this uh, possible school closure and uh, apart from the two covid uh, cases with unknown sources uh, recorded over the weekend, um, what what many people are interested in is the uh, latest development in the uh, birthday party cluster, where a woman who who tagged along with to the party with her friend has been confirmed to be a preliminary positive case. And uh, there are several others who, like her, tagged along with their friends who were invited to the party. Dr. Lam, how worrying is this latest development?
7: Well, do not just finger point to one particular party. Since the turn of the year, doctors and nurses and all medical and health professionals have been very worried that the outbreak seems inevitable, and we have been calling people to avoid gathering. Uh, party is one, definitely. And if you get onto the street yesterday with the Sunday, you still see a lot of gathering in restaurants, there's a lot of shopping mall goers and again we see our good tradition of uh, domestic helpers gathering in places and parks and footbridges, and that is something we have to avoid as much as possible uh, I am really worried that after yesterday's gathering we might see another surge of cases so yes definitely we are against gathering in this particular moment in time try to restrain ourselves for maybe two or few weeks and we hope things will get better
3: doesn't that make the performance uh, last week uh, even more uh, serious? The, the things well, you're saying are, are common sense things.
7: Yeah, things are changing very rapidly. The general sentiment on the 3rd of uh, January and today can be quite different, although doctors do have a slightly earlier warning of those things going on. Now, but if you talk about uh, the particular... Um, meeting or party, there are some people, uh, at least least on the the photos, that they were not wearing masks. I think that is something we have to be very careful about. Uh, At that moment in time, um, gathering in restaurants and parties are still allowed by law. So I doubt very much if anyone has intervened any laws. But then not to use face masks except during eating and drinking is supposedly forbidden.
3: Are there limits on on the venue? I think there used to be limits on how many people you could bring to a wedding. Two hundred and forty.
7: Two hundred and
3: forty to a wedding, but this wasn't a wedding, yes. was it? Is um, it the same for birthdays?
7: I don't think the government specifically mentioned birthday, but uh, uh, gathering in restaurants. But Say we sometimes have well, what about New Year's Eve party you have New Year, New Year Eve party, not wedding, but you still have many tables around. So it is actually not specifically for only wedding,
5: I believe. Dr. Lam, do you think that this incident will make the government's anti-epidemic work more difficult? Sorry again. Do you think this incident, this birthday party, will make the government's anti-epidemic work more difficult?
7: Uh, yes and no. Yes, in terms set a bad example for the public. And no, because the main uh, implement, the main people who implement the policy are not there.
5: Uh, But there are other um, officials there, right? Do you think it'll be uh, more difficult for um, people to uh, listen to uh, the advice uh, from the government on uh, health issues? Will they still be willing to? That's
7: that's why I say it's a bad example. Um, And I believe these people have learned a good lesson.
5: And some people have said that a probe uh, maybe should be carried out by maybe the police uh, to to restore residents' uh, trust in public health rules. Uh, What do you think of that idea?
7: Well, I think there should be investigation into whether anyone has breached any particular law during that incident and other incidents as well. Uh, But I do not think we should be just finger pointing on one particular party when we have gatherings around in the city, and also the spreading of cases uh, under the surface, which is more important than a
5: single incident. All right, uh, we have to take a short break for the news summary. Uh, Dr Lam, thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Dr David Lam, the medical and health services sector lawmaker. And uh, Dr Stradar will will continue our discussion right after the news when we will be joined by local MPC delegate Michael Tien. After 9.15, we'll also be speaking to an IT expert on the uh, Leave Home Safe app. So um, stay tuned. If you want to ask questions, uh, just uh, give us a call. And uh, just a quick look at the weather. Uh, mainly cloudy with sunny intervals later. Later, The top temperature will be 21 degrees. Right now it's 18 degrees. Relative humidity,
2: 77%. Said the fire was caused by a portable electric heater. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome
5: back. This is Backchat on a Monday morning with Mike Rouse and me, Janice Wong. Let's uh, go straight back to our discussion on the growing Omicron threat. And uh, remember, if you have any questions or comments on today's topics, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is backchat at rthk.hk. Our telephone number is two three three eight eight two six six, And our Facebook page is Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Still here with us is Dr. Siddharth Strida, a clinical virologist from the University of Hong Kong. And also joining us now is Roundtable lawmaker Michael Tian, who is also a local NPC delegate. Welcome to Backchat. And um, before I go to uh, you, Mr. Tian, I have a few emails here from uh, with some questions that maybe uh, Dr. Strida can help answer first. Um, Dr. Strida, um, this is uh, referring to our earlier discussion uh, before the news on, on uh, the possible school closure. And uh, this uh, message is from Paul. He says... So, the experts prefer, prefer scaremongering and school closures over access bans for unvaccinated. What a nonsense. Get a backbone. No vaccine, no love. We have zero local infections on today's dashboard and only one infection on yesterday's dashboard. And uh, that message is from Paul. And uh, there's another email. This is from Naranyan. Um, she says uh, if one is double vaccinated and still have higher antibody levels, say over 2,000, thousand. Should one still take the booster? Is there an antibody level below which one should take the booster? And, uh, that, uh, and uh, Dr. Striddle, what do you think?
6: Okay, um, there, there is no antibody level that can determine whether or not you need a booster. A booster has considerable advantages in terms of actually training your immune system to respond better to Omicron. So, we do recommend um, anybody who's received two doses of COVID 19 vaccines to get the third.
5: Right. And okay. And, uh, Mr. Chen, I have uh, one. Facebook comment here that maybe you can help respond to. Good morning, morning and uh, thanks for joining us. Um, There's a Facebook comment here that maybe you can help respond to. It's from TC. TC says, I think Boomerang is a great nickname for Carrie Lamb. On the 4th of January, she held Cathay Pacific executives responsible for the behavior of the employees. Within days, her ministers engaged in the same behavior she critiqued. And uh, that message is from TC. Mr. Chen, with that kind of view, do you think the government's anti-epidemic work will now be more difficult?
4: Well, I had actually opened the comment in response to uh, uh, our chief executive's uh, uh, apparent U-turn on her uh, responsibility and accountability on behalf of the uh, Compliance of her officials. Um, and I think uh, she need to really set an example and show that uh, just like what she had asked for from the higher up Beth Cathay, that she would also uh, take responsibility for the non compliance behavior of her officials. Uh, of course, Taking responsibility and what action is appropriate are two different things. Uh, It could rank from an apology to something uh, that can be sort of uh, more drastic. But uh, to dissociate oneself from uh, the behavior of your subordinate, I think from a political perspective, is not something that... uh, Uh, we would like to see in Hong Kong
2: today.
3: Michael, good morning. If this had happened in a mainland city or province, what would be happening to the Party Secretary around about now?
4: Well, I think definitely apology would have been received uh, very, very early on, and that uh, they would say an investigation is pending. The apology is for the perception created, Okay. ...that they did not set a good example for citizens to stay away from large gathering. That is an apology that no matter how you look at it, it's long overdue. Now, whether or not uh, she should apologise for any uh, misbehaviour, that is subject to investigation, which at this point is still going on.
3: Who should do the investigation? Is it reasonable for the head of the CE's office to be investigated. Is he going to say, well, really this is this is the CE's responsibility?
4: No, no. I think the head of the CE office can't do the job uh, because he would play no favour to any one of the officials in particular, and facts are facts. I mean, what are the possible scenarios that would happen, right? I think the main target is whether any officials attend the function that actually use the leave home safe. And have they complied with the minimum requirement that they can only unmask themselves while they were eating? And the minute their butt leaves their seat, whatever they're doing, they should have their mask on, right? Right. It's obvious that, that these are the two things that most people in Hong Kong now are getting fed up with because they were asked to do it, You know, when I go into a restaurant, the minute I leave my chair, I've got to put my mask on. Right. Even if I walk over (laughs) to shake hands with someone, this is what's expected of us.
3: Or take another dish from the buffet.
4: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
3: (laughs) You're going up and down uh, like a jack-in-the-box and your mask on, off, on, off. On,
4: off, on, off, on, off. And it's getting to a point where some of us are getting numbed and we're used to it. So if you're saying that an official cannot do that, uh, in that particular sense of the period, it's just mind-boggling.
5: I have another email here. It's from James. Uh, It says, um, dare I be arrogant to speak on behalf of many Hong Kong citizens? Surely heads must roll. Ordinary Hong Kong people and good expats have followed the rules for two years, losing jobs, suffering mental health issues. And look at those who earn more than $200,000 a month in the public office, sing and dance and party maskless with young girls. Um, Yeah. So, Mr. Chen, what do you think? Some people are calling for to roll. Well,
4: anyway, sing and dance and uh, taking unmasked pictures with young girls. I haven't seen one yet with an official. Uh, The pictures I've seen is with the host who's celebrating his uh, birthday party, somebody that I know. Uh, I think the whole uh, public concern is actually on the government officials. Each legislator or MPC delegate needs to answer to. His or her own constituency as to what is appropriate or not. But we obviously hold officials to a much higher standard, all right? Because we have no say in who gets appointed, so it's up to the CE, and so she actually really has to be very serious about it. Now, from what I heard, The reason why they're getting so much into the investigation is, did you realize that when CE gave the press conference on Thursday, on Thursday she read out a list of people uh, among her uh, accountability officials that attended. And then, and then, the next day they added three more names. And just think about it. To me... just watching the development, this is a big slap in her face, is that when she faced the public revealing what they found, they have a whole day, and there's only, what, about 30-some-odd accountability officials, right? Right. Uh, What is it? Uh, uh, 12 bureaus uh, times 3 per each, 36, at most 40. Um, So why is it so difficult to confirm everyone so that you push your boss out to the front you know in front of the limelight and declare that they have the list and then have to add three more on that is what is really mind-boggling
3: right well i gather from a friend of mine who did attend this party that there were over 200 people they're not the 180 that was first spoken of so that that tends to reinforce your point that uh, exactly, and sending yeah. out sending I, the I chief executive, exactly
4: uh, the chief executive, to come over with every single government official within one day who attended, uh, including those that show up for five minutes, shaking hands and then leave. But I'm talking about the accountability officials, and the reason why she needs to be upset is that on that particular Monday morning, all right, uh, I think well. I I believe, even though it's supposed to be rumored, but I believe it's true that she had a cabinet meeting with all her accountability officials uh, reviewing that morning's uh, editorial from one of the major newspapers about the attendance of officials at the um, uh, the, uh, (laughs) the public uh, fair uh, the day before. Uh, and that people were saying that they should really shy away from, uh, you know, uh, huge gatherings. And then she had uh, warned her officials uh, to stay away from any of these uh, public uh, gatherings unless it's absolutely necessary. And then that evening, there are so many of, uh, but more than half of her accountability officials, uh, I think, attended.
3: Including the heads of all the discipline services except one, by my count.
5: Yes, yes. All right, I have an email here for you, Mr. Tian. It's uh, from Eric. It says, uh, Michael asked for independent inquiry uh, for extradition debacle, surely required for party gate. What is his thoughts? That's from Eric.
4: I'm not quite sure uh, what exactly is the question.
5: Uh, he, do, you, do you think there's a need for an independent inquiry for this uh, birthday party? Uh I think,
4: I think if we were to have an independent inquiry, we should have went on how this loophole was, uh, why this loophole was created and how uh, uh, everything escaped uh, government's radar mm-hmm. and have uh, people who are supposed to stay home to be quarantined walked out uh, unmasked, uh, having uh, meals uh, in a public restaurant during the quarantine period without any wristband uh, tracking device on. Well, Mike, that, that, that demands the inquiry.
3: That's an excellent point, Michael Garner, because was, that was going to be my next question. When my son came back from the UK two years ago, he had to wear a wristband exactly. for a two, two weeks.
4: Why, what happened to the wristband? I helped happened? them get it. Yeah. I helped them source it from a California supplier.
3: And then we got... It's easy to blame the pilots or the air stewards. is why were they not wearing wristbands?
4: that 's a good question that 's a good question. The only explanation now, possibly okay possible explanation is that they were not required to wear wristbands, so the pilots are off the hook I mean not the pilot the um the air crew was off the hook. but the problem is then why were they first of all exempted from hotel quarantine and then even worse exempted from wearing a wristband during a home quarantine because The two goes together. If you have a home quarantine without a wristband, that means no quarantine.
3: Exactly.
5: All right. Uh, Mr. Chen and uh, Dr. Strider, I know you guys uh, have to go very soon. But before I let you go, uh, Dr. Strider, uh, I have an email here. Um, who, he uh, wants to ask if uh, Omicron is actually more mild than other variants. And uh, actually, over the past few weeks, I have been hearing more and more people saying that uh, Omicron is more mild than the previous variants. It's like a bad flu. And those who have been infected, despite being triple vaccinated, generally recover in a week or two. But uh, uh, just a few days ago, the uh, World Health Organization chief, Tedros and Haram Gabriestus, he warned people not to dismiss the Omicron variant as mild. So, um, which is it?
6: Right. So, the experience in South Africa was that uh, they certainly saw fewer hospitalizations and ICU admissions and deaths due to the Omicron wave recently compared to previous variants like Delta. However we have to bear in mind that it is also a more transmissible variant. And in places like Hong Kong, basically a large segment of the elderly population is unvaccinated or or have never been infected before. So the situation in Hong Kong is very, very different to that in South Africa, where nearly everyone has actually contracted some form of COVID-19 previously. So they have a, a baseline immunity. Now, the absence of that baseline immunity in Hong Kong, with the more transmissible virus, it is very uh, you know reasonable to assume that Omicron is still going to cause a big problem if it starts circulating in Hong Kong, simply because most of us have never caught COVID-19 before, and a large segment of the population still remains unvaccinated. So we still have to take it very seriously.
5: Right. Mr. Tan, what's your view on that? What's your view on Omicron? Do you see it as um, mild or...?
4: Well, My view is that, I I think about the long term, after Omicron, there will be more and more to come. Uh, Whether or not they'll become milder, I don't know, but definitely probably more contagious because these viruses learn. They are on a learning curve. So the key is to get our vaccination rate up. Mm -hmm. I am not as much concerned about people having done two shots to get a booster as for those who never took a shot, and particularly the elderly. At 70, 70 and up. My, my statistic, the, the, the statistic I have is that between 70 and 80, the vac rate is about 40 percent and above 80 is only 20 percent. And I think if somebody were to contact it, uh, the variant uh, that is in that age group, it could mean serious business. So what we should do is to uh, really appeal to all the elderly above 60, 70 years old to try to get the vaccination one shot, two shots to get it up as quickly as possible to protect this age group, then we can think about possibly one day we could uh, coexist with this variant. Of course that also depends on the policy that mainland would adopt. But I think eventually we have to face that. It's kind of like the Spanish rule, what, a century ago? Uh, I heard it took three years, and then people get used to it, There's no enough vaccination, they get immune, and then, and then gradually it becomes like, you know,
5: becomes flu. All right, uh, Mr. Tan, I know you have to go. Uh, Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Roundtable Lawmaker Michael Tan, who is also a local MPC delegate. Also, many thanks to Dr. Siddharth Stridar, a clinical virologist from the University of Hong Kong. Well, like I mentioned earlier, there are still some people who attended the birthday party of uh, local MPC delegate Whitman Hong that have not yet been identified because uh, they were not on the official guest list. And uh, even earlier in the Kowloon Tong restaurant cluster, health authorities had uh, difficulties identifying customers who may have been at risk of contracting COVID. And now the health chief, um, Sophia Chan, says the government, will review its contact tracing Leave Home Safe app and may even consider adding a tracking function to better trace um, the close contacts of COVID cases. To comment on this, we're now joined by Professor Wong Fai, the Director of the Centre for Innovation and Technology at the Chinese University. Good morning, Professor Wong.
8: Hello, everyone. Good Hi. morning. Thanks for
5: joining us on the programme. So, so what's your view on the possibility of adding a tracking function to the existing app?
8: Oh, don't do that. I mean, I, I, I mean, I mean, it is practical. Um, I, don't, I don't mean practical. I mean, I mean, this is the ideal case. Uh, but we has always been facing that problem uh, of, of, of personal data leak. You know, uh, the I think the public is a, a bit skeptical about having a tracking system on our system. Uh, but that it it has been proved in other places that with the tracking system uh, it works very well. I mean, it would be nice that if we could do it, but I think it's hard. It's really hard to force it through uh, because of the uh, of the privacy ordinance and things like that. Okay. So uh, uh, one of the suggestions that uh, well, well, what you really look at it uh, because, as you mentioned about, uh, you would not be able to completely uh, track uh, all customers from from these events. Uh, and for example, in the uh, in one of the restaurant case. The, uh, the government resort to using uh, MTR uh, records, uh, no, I mean, uh, 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 octopus records uh, to track down all the customers, and that seems to work. So, uh, in fact, uh, some some experts actually once suggested that one of them just uh, use uh, octopus as the detector, as the tracer. Uh, it, 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 is, it would work. But unfortunately, uh, not every people have a registered card, and also not every people actually use uh, the octopus card for payments. so, uh, so again, okay, this is not comprehensive. It's not it doesn't cover everyone. So uh, one of the possibilities is uh, to use a uh, a tracking system a proxy approach. The proxy approach is such that uh, if we have a chance to uh, redesign the uh, the home safe, uh, what we could do is to put a special scanner or detector uh, uh, in the shop. So when you go, go in, you use your leave home safe device, uh, app, uh, and then you do the scanning. When you do the scanning, there'll be two records, uh, one record Will be in the uh, uses a uh, mobile phone, and the other record uh, will reside uh, on the detector, on the scanner. So uh, the scanner belongs to the shops. So uh, in that in that case, uh, then he becomes, well, then the shop becomes the proxy. So when anything happens, then the government can actually go to the shop and take out that record and to trace everyone. So this is uh, one possibility. And uh, I heard that, I don't know how, how true is that, uh, that, that the government is planning to implement uh, the, the vaccination passport uh, system. So I think if they were to do that, then uh, this is a good chance of implementing the proxy approach that I just said.
5: Would it be difficult to, to make these changes on the, the app? And, and I you mean it will require restaurants to uh, purchase uh, new scanners? I mean, how would you? Uh, what what needs to be done?
8: Well, well, that's, that's what I mentioned. It, 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 if we were to do it based on the existing system, i.e., uh, the the uh, home safe system, uh, I think uh, your 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 guess is right. It may be a little bit difficult, but uh, as I as I heard. That the government is planning to implement uh, the, the vaccination passport system. Uh, I think if they were to do that, then they can consider uh, implementing this uh, proxy approach. So what they have to do is that uh, when I go to the restaurant, when I show the restaurants, when I go show show the restaurants uh, my passport, and at the same time there will be a record. Uh, uh, and the, and the shops and the restaurants database only in the restaurants database,
3: and so, not anywhere. So that all the people who were in that facility at that time or during that time, when the infected person was there, should be alerted automatically. Isn't that what Leave Home Safe was supposed to be giving us?
8: Oh, no, no, no. They, they, uh, they, they, they are notified. see so with, with Leave Home Safe, you go in uh you do the you do the scanning right then you will have a record of you have been there on on your phone right so if there is a there's an infected person which happened to go to that place at the same time then uh you will be not will be notified the, the 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 person will be you, you notified without the knowing of the government the government do not know that. They are only they, 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 the people is only notified. So it's it's voluntary. It's up to the person whether to take action to to, right. take, to take further action. So the government has no way to know who actually are affected or not affected.
3: So yes, the, so the, the the place knows or the individual the place knows.
8: Know now the place doesn't know. At the moment, the place doesn't. Everything is passive. What right. happened is that you do the scanning, and there's no record, there's only one record, and that record is on the phone. On
3: my phone. So if I choose not to get tested, that's just my choice. Yes. And no yes. one that's can call choice. me to account.
8: Yes. yes. And, and this is exactly what happened uh, in the in the, uh, in the the Festival Walk case. Right. When it, when it, when they, they cannot trace. Even all the people have actually did the uh, leave-home safe scanning part. Okay. There's no way that government knows... Who has been in so they have to resort to using uh, the octopus
3: but uh, is it people seem to resist the idea of the government knowing what they're doing
8: exactly Can, that's true c- this is the trust this is the mistrust between the public and the government so that's why i, I suggested the the proxy method the proxy right. means the shop the proxy means uh octopus. Could, could we
3: leave it to the shop to alert the people then
8: well, I think uh, that the, the, it's not the shop who actually alert the people. The shop will have a record of who has come, who has come in. Right. So, if there's something happened, rather than going to the octopus, the government goes straight to the shop, and they can have the record of all the people who has been in.
3: They couldn't. Uh, could, <laughs> I'm wondering whether we leave, can leave the government out of it, so that they, that particular restaurant <laughs> can take. I, I'm, I'm thinking really... of the political resistance.
8: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, uh, that's always the problem but 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 when you when you think about it you may worry about it so so look at what happened the festival festival walk days right. there's nothing that you can do but resort to the octopus records okay so and and nobody complains about it because they know the urgency obviously the public never complain about the government access
5: Uh, I have an email here. It's uh, from Simon. He says, uh, Hong Kong has the luxury of um, everyone having an ID card. Why can't we just have ID card readers in all restaurants? It's simple. Don't scan your ID card, then you don't get in. And uh, that email is from Simon. I'm not sure people will welcome that. Uh, what's your view, Professor?
8: Oh, this is the idea of uh, what the legislators are suggesting now using
5: uh, uh, real name registration. Just okay. to get so, into a restaurant? Yes, the real
2: restaurant. So, so all the, all the,
8: all the not, not using the Hong Kong ID card, but uh, because you have the leave home safe, then you will have to be registered with uh, with names, add real names. Okay. So so that currently, the leave home safe thing uh, is impartial. You only know the numbers and you don't know who, who it is. But there, uh, the, the the government is actually suggesting that you would actually have a, a, a name registered, you know, personal names, personalized uh, each of the IDs. Uh, you need that anyway if, if you were to use uh, even the proxy system, you would need to do that. Otherwise, you would not be able to, to, to track down individuals.
3: Right. So if everyone with a leave home safe on their phone has been identified down to their ID card number, may as well use the ID card.
8: Well, But again I mean if you think about if you think about the, uh, the octopus case, it's similar i mean in the uh, again i I reiterate I, I, I mentioned again about the best of war case, mm. exactly what happened now, but nobody complains because people know that it's very urgent I, and, I, and and I could not risk my health, I cannot risk my life i would I would actually bear with uh, this happening.
5: All right, and just uh, another final, just a final question. Um, if the government uh, does uh, push ahead with uh, this uh, tracking device or tracking function on the uh, um, Leave Home Safe app, what advice uh, do you have for the government? I mean, do they I mean, some have suggested a public consultation. What, what what do you think they need to do?
8: Well, uh, at this urgent time, uh, I think the, 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 the proxy method is a is an approach because the government really, really. Do not have direct access of uh, people's identity. Uh, it's only they, they access only in a neat purpose. So uh, I think that is a uh, a, a good solution uh, uh, and implementable, doable. So at this urgent time, I think uh, uh, I think this is the way to go.
5: But, but have you suggested this uh, proxy uh, proxy approach to the government, or, or has anyone suggested it to the government?
8: I guess uh, I, I, I have suggested that. Uh, and what's I been their response? But this is my suggestion. Is my but what's suggestion. been what their response? Not? is, a, is another issue? Huh?
5: Oh, but what was the response?
8: Oh, I only wrote an article for that.
5: Okay, all right. It's uh, <laughs> right.
8: an openly response to my case, but... but uh, but uh, and I also suggest that uh, you can take it uh, because of the, the implementation issue. Implementation issue, as you mentioned, that it may it may, it may take some time. So uh, so then uh, uh, to take to take it one step forward, then uh, we we could actually inclu- include include uh, that function uh, in the uh, vaccination passport mechanism.
5: All right, uh, Professor Wong, we'll uh, have to leave it there for now. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. That's uh, Professor Wong Kang-fai, the um, Director of the Centre for Innovation and Technology at the Chinese University. Also, many thanks to all of you who commented uh, through email. And uh, thank you to Mike and, uh, of course, Yuki, our producer. Now, uh, here's the weather. Uh, Mainly cloudy with sunny intervals later. The top temperature will be around 21 degrees. Winds, moderate east to northeasterly, And the outlook sunny intervals with cool mornings in the next couple of days 18 degrees right now relative humidity 76 percent
0: it's time for house cleaning before the lunar new year when cleaning windows be careful don't lean on the sashes as that can make them loose and is very dangerous if a window won't open or close smoothly don't use force to open or close it you can lubricate the hinges instead Ask a qualified person to inspect your windows according to the standards and procedures set by the building's department.
5: It's 9 The news with Andrew Shirofsky.
2: Health officials say they found no new COVID cases during three overnight lockdowns at residential buildings in Tunmun, Tai Kok Choi, and Tai Po. They had all been sealed off following three preliminary positive cases. The operator of two mobile vaccination stations says there's been a threefold increase in the number of people getting COVID jabs over the weekend. Edward Poon, the chief operating officer of Human Health, said each station could could give hundreds of jabs each day. And the mayor of New York City says at least 19 people, including nine children, have died in a fire in an apartment building. Firefighters found smoke engulfing all 19 stories. The blaze in the Bronx area has now been extinguished mayor, Eric Adams, said many people had been injured. I'll have more on these and other stories at 10 o'clock.
7: Stand by for the brew. A uh,
9: sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Design, great interpreter of Beethoven. As well oh-so-shy, quiet and retiring Doggy Council, co-founder of Rockefeller Records. This is a really for adults, it's a lot, really for kids. Mean, yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. Decipher what's happening behind the myth.
6: In-depth Inter-
5: interviews and also observations.
9: Absolutely no way
5: on your radio and live online. This is The Morning Brew.
9: Good morning. Hello and welcome to Monday here on The Morning Brew with me, Phil Whelan. Well, as usual, our official week starter will be Hong Kong rugby's man-in-chief, Robbie McRobbie, He's going to bring you the rugby news at 10.10. Moving on, January the 6th, marked one year since the overtaking of the U.S. Capitol building in Washington by rioters. This has had a lasting impact on many, many Americans, including our New York correspondent, Tracy Kwan. She'll be with you at 10.40. After 11.30 today, another Morning Brew live performance, a bit different this time because it doesn't really involve music. we going to welcome back Australian poet and lawyer, Liam Blackford. His collection, A Gateway Has Opened, was released at the end of last year, and he's going to read some more from it for you on the air. Manic Street Preachers to get us going this morning with Julia Cummings. And the secret he had missed.
3: The
5: <laughs> sea